The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So then in preparation for the reflection of this meditation, it might be useful again to take some deep breaths and put aside anything you might be concerned with or thinking about. Taking some deep breaths to feel more fully connected to your body. Feeling connected to your body, so your body in a sense can be part of this reflection. Perhaps as you inhale, there's a time where you can open yourself, open your mind, your heart, open to possibilities, be open and receptive. Open yourself up as you breathe in. This reflection that I'll offer you, you might repeat it or stay with it repeatedly, maybe almost with every breath, starting fresh, starting anew as if you've never had the question before, and see what comes forth, what bubbles up. Or stretch yourself, stretch into possible answers to this question. So the question is, what are you reluctant to admit? What are you reluctant to be truthful about? To acknowledge, to admit?
What are you reluctant to admit? What are you reluctant to look at? And then taking a couple of deep breaths, feeling your body. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So it's not uncommon for people to have things that they would rather not admit or look at or see in themselves. <coughs> and some of those things, <coughs> people usually think that they're difficult things, you know, uh, problematic things or, you know. But sometimes people don't want to admit the beautiful parts of who they are, the strong parts of who they are. Um, some people have personal strength, but if they could, if they admit it or live by it, that they're afraid they're going to hurt people or it's going to disturb the status quo, and so they don't want to really admit that or look at that themselves that way. Or some people don't want to be successful or admit that they're successful because that is difficult for the people around them who compare themselves to that, or you compare yourself to them and they're not successful. Or there's a whole range of things that people sometimes are reluctant to look at or admit or admit to themselves or maybe admit to other people, and. Um, and sometimes, uh, not, un not uncommon in meditation practice, especially on retreat, that we go through, in a sense, like layers of who we are, layers of how we operate, and sometimes surprised to encounter layers that we didn't know were there that maybe were quite challenging or difficult or that um, we'd rather not know about ourselves. Um, and there it is. I didn't know that part, and so you, know, you have to be present for that and work with that. <clears throat> To be truthful, the parami of perfection, uh, to have a love for the truth, is to have and see the value and the importance of being able to look at things, even the things we don't want to look at. Uh, to be able to turn towards that which we've been holding at bay and not really wanting to see. And then to see it and work with it and to discover what to do with it. And maybe not much is needed sometimes, but except to stay present. Sometimes what's needed is to do something in the world. You have to go and resolve something in the world with someone else when you finally admit it. <clears throat> I think it's a very profound question that um, I think uh, can very quickly show the great value of practicing truth. So what I'd like you to do <clears throat> now is to... Um,
do a writing exercise. And that is uh, get a piece of paper, and Inez has some paper for those of you who don't have, and we have pens here for you. And, um, and the exercise is to write down, um, write out, it could be a list, it could be interesting just to write the list, but to write out what are the things you could be more truthful about? What are the things you can be more truthful about in your life? What would be useful to admit to yourself? What would, you know, what are you reluctant to admit about yourself? Or what are you reluctant to admit or to look at? So, to write this out, and you're not going to, sh- you are not going to share this with anybody. So, uh, once it's, uh, you know, so you don't have to censor yourself. Uh, so, uh, once it's, you're finished the exercise, you can uh, throw it away, burn it, post it on the internet, <laughs> whatever you'd like, but that you don't have to share it with anybody. And we'll do this in silence, and we'll do it for about, I don't know, at least 10 minutes. And uh, long enough that it's got, you, know, you, you have trouble thinking of anything more. So that when you start having difficulty thinking of anything more, maybe that's when it really begins. You kind of stretch yourself and keep thinking about it and, and um, see what comes up. So you keep going back to this question. Um, what are the things you could be more truthful about? So it's one thing to look honestly on what is it we're avoiding, what is it we're not admitting, what is it we don't want to face or something. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to know what to do about it once we've seen it, how to be wise about it. But um, I'd be, uh, I would appreciate hearing from some of you, uh, not your confession, but rather, what was that like to do that process? For me, it kind of turned into a list of what I was afraid of. That's interesting. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm noticing that... Um, I, forgot, I forgot the question, but whatever it was, uh, it was hard for me to look at the positives. Like it was like I was listing all my demons and not listing all my kind of goddesses or gods, you know. Um, and it was re- interesting. I had to keep returning that I need to look at a wider spectrum than what I was looking at. Mm, interesting. Great. Thank you. 
been doing this in my mind um, a fair amount lately. Anyway, so uh, it's it was it's I'm getting used to it and it's becoming easier. But it was still hard to actually write it down on paper <laughs> because then you have to be ever more articulate, even more articulate. Um, and then the same as you said, uh, I was writing down all the bad stuff, so I made sure I put in some good stuff too. So I'm curious, what was the difference between admitting something to yourself in your head versus writing it down? Uh, Once it was written down, what was well, it? I'm not sure exactly, but, but uh, perhaps the answer to that is uh, when you write it down on paper, it's a little bit more concrete and real. And kind of, and then you're looking at it, um, actually with your eyes. So it's bouncing back at you a little bit. <laughs> Great, thank you. It was humbling. <laughs> a lot of the things I could think of uh, being truthful about were also things I could think of. Uh, that I could let go of. So I quickly started to think about uh, a few Fridays ago when we did renunciation. Uh, there were more things in that, but uh, letting go of was a very helpful thing to you. Great. So there's a good connection between the two for you. Thank you. So we're straight back behind you there. It was very painful. Um, I made a long list of self-condemnations and was frustrated not to be able to know which of those things are really true of me and which are purely self-condemnation without basis or if it's in between or what. So in a sense, I echo what you say. I was a list of fears in that there are things I have feared might be true of me, but I don't know how true they are. So I'm reluctant to embrace them all wholeheartedly. Great, that's, that's wise. But if you may, a little bit, a couple of thoughts about it, what you said. One is that um, there's a big difference between stating what's so versus condemning it. And even things that are difficult about ourselves, we can say, oh, this is difficult. This is, I do this. And there's no condemnation. It's just acknowledgement. This is how it is. And part of, it's really useful to be able to distinguish between those two ways of relating to something and to relate it to it just, oh, it's like this. I pick my nose. It, it, you know, that's how, that's how it is. You know, as opposed to, boy, am I a lousy, you know, human being for picking my nose. So that, so that the value judgment that goes on top of it sometimes is extra. So that's one thing, one, one thing you might want to look at and see if you can tease apart. It might make it a lot easier. The other is that, um, is that um, uh, you said you have a long list of things that, you know, that were kind of like self-condemnation. And it might be useful to step back and have a bird's eye view on it all 
and and what is what's behind? What's the motivation or the impulse that's way back at the root of of doing self condemnation? What's the atmosphere within which that's occurring? And uh, because maybe sometimes we miss the uh, the forest because of the trees. You have all these trees, and there might be an interesting forest to look at. And um, and when you see the, the overall atmosphere, the mood, you might see. Uh, uh, where it's useful to bring your attention. Um, probably it's not so useful to bring it to the places you condemn yourself. But there might be something, a bigger picture that could be healing. Thank you. It's a sort of uh, confession list. <laughs> and that's why I want to drop it in the donation box for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, take you care of it. It's written in Dutch. <laughs> only thing I know in Dutch is how to. S- the only thing I know in Dutch is how to swear. <laughs> It was uh, very powerful, um, just to see the truth of it all, and uh, kind of looking at it from like a outside view. To uh, just look at the truth and be okay with it. I think, like a lot of people have said, like we look at the truth and we're like, "Ugh, that's not very good." But just to look at it. Um, like one of the things I wrote down was being truthful about the things I don't like. Um, you know, just to be okay with that is is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. It's what I really feel. Okay, thank you. So thank you all very much for doing it and being part of this and your comments. <clears throat> one of the things is one thing to look at something that you're reluctant to admit or it's difficult sometimes to look at, maybe even painful sometimes, the thing. And sometimes we focus so much on what we're looking at, the thing we're looking at. But there's something, another thing that's worth noticing as well. And that is if it, if it, the, your appreciation of being truthful, your, the, the love of truth, or the value of being honest about what's happening, and that itself is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so even if what you're looking at is really bad news, the fact that you're looking at it and being honest about it and love being honest about it, that is a whole other game. And so what I'm trying to say is many people focus on the bad news. I'd like to encourage you to focus on your love of truth, that how, how, how beautiful and important it is to be admitting, wow, this is how it is for me. Um, and if you do that, it might, you might actually be buoyed as opposed to be, to sink with it all. But that's what's going on. You'll see that, you know, you'll see, wow, it's, maybe it's humbling. Uh, but, um, but maybe it's very satisfying. It's a beautiful thing, to be honest. So, what I'd like to do next <clears throat> is to see if we can have an little bit of an open discussion or open um, comments 
what do you, why, why, why do you think, why do you think people, not, not you of course, but people, <laughs> are, um, are um, what are things that keep us from admitting what's true? What keeps us from looking at the truth? What are some of the things inside of, inside of those people? <laughs> what are your thoughts about them? Uh, for me, it's self-judgment. I realized a while ago that one of the reasons I hate to be wrong or make a mistake or be imperfect or whatever is not so much what other people are going to say or do, but what, how I'm going to punish myself. So that's one of the deterrents for me. Great. Thank you. For me, it's uh, shame, the feeling of shame. Mm-hmm. It's hard to deal with. There are no Oscars for telling the truth, so a lot of times people are, are they're not necessarily disencouraged or encouraged to lie, but they really don't see a reward on telling the truth either. Thank you. I find it's just plain embarrassing. <laughs> Even if I don't tell anybody else, it, I just hate to admit these things to myself, and it's so I'd rather not do that. If you don't mind. <laughs> Around here, I do. <laughs> I think that sometimes I believe that if I don't say it or don't admit that it's true, it won't be true. <laughs> it's a delusion. Thank you. For me, uh, the deterrent is partly that if I really see it, the truth, and embrace it, then I think I have to do something about it, which means I have to change. And and maybe that's that's what I need to be more truthful about for myself is is my re- reluctance to to change. One of the things I said, I was. Um, uh, need to be more truthful about the degree to which I was losing my grip. And then I thought, well, that's an interesting choice of words. Maybe that, maybe I need to lose my grip. I don't want to be aware of things. Say it again. Often I don't want to be aware of things. And that's but, why. But Why? That's the interesting. I want to be forgetful. Why? What benefit do you get from being forgetful? Pain. Pain? You, you get pain or you get to avoid pain? Avoid pain. Avoid pain. And why do you want to avoid pain? Because of helplessness. 
you know, what do you think will happen to you if you're helpless? What are you afraid of? Lost. Being lost. What experience have you had of being lost? Shame is a way of losing myself. Mm. So you'd rather not be aware so you don't lose yourself, you don't have shame. And when you feel shame, you must have some experience of it. Uh, What do you feel you really need? What do you really need at the time you're feeling shame? What would be really good for you to receive? Care. That's beautiful. Do you have any sense of how to give that to yourself? Uh, Giving myself more time. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, Sometimes if it's about the truth of a relationship, you don't want to admit it because it'll upset the status quo. And if you upset the status quo, then things can fall apart. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a, for me, suppose if you built a whole life around a certain set of identities about yourself and they come into question and you are truthful about it, then, you know, I guess this concept of self that just kind of go, well, if you're not this, then what are you? I mean, there's like, what's on the other side? I don't know. <laughs> it's a really scary thought. So it's unsettling, yeah. Yeah. So, to, so we don't avoid that unsettled place. I spent a long time up against the edge of that and not willing to go over that edge because I was scared. Yep. Um, For me, it's amazing in doing, working with my own self with it and also working with clients when we go to that edge and then we can drop over the edge there's this beautiful liberation and freedom that actually happens once you go through the sense of the helplessness and thinking something won't be there and what arises, what I've learned in my own self and see in others is this really neat beauty that begins, begins to happen. I mean, I had a client that's all of a sudden became a condor and flying that did not want to do it but just felt this freedom and I know in my own self doing it in long retreat I found a love that was so deep and I goes like wow this is here and I think part of it is that love is something in our world and society that we just we can't get to because of the pain from generation from generation goes over so our parents don't know how to even show us because they can't exhibit 
And it can be pretty scary to go to that deep love because for me, I found I've had to let go of all these identities that I've had. And when I go there, it's just like, it's, it's been changing my world Beautiful. doing it. Thank you. Okay. So thank you very much for all that. Um, and I, I think that for some of you, it's, it's probably very touching. Some of you said that, to go into this space. And some of you maybe came today not expecting this or knowing what was going to be opened up. And so we're taking a break now. And, and, uh, and uh, my, my mind thinks that well, maybe it would be good if we took the break in silence just to respect what happened. On the other hand, I think having time to connect to people here is also very valuable in this kind of setting. So I think what I'm going to suggest, unless I get a strong feeling of something else, is that it's okay to talk during the break, but as you talk, be, be sensitive that the person you're with or talking to is, um, you know, who knows how they were opened up by this exercise. And so just be a little bit tender or caring or just, just you know, something. Um, and, uh, and if you don't want to talk during this time, it's fine not to talk. Um, maybe go for a walk around the block or do something. But we'll start again in here at... Um, um, well, maybe we should start at 